Hey, welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James and ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from this week's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning, man? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, it's a cool morning this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of surprised because it's been mm-hmm. not cool. Yeah, and it's going to warm up again. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. I like uh, I like cooler weather. Did you have a good morning this morning? Mm-hmm. Good. Wasn't bad. Good. Did you have breakfast, coffee? What'd you do? I worked out. That's you worked it. out, man. That's it. Intermittent fasting. Just grinding, huh? Yep. Nice. Did you uh, you rode this morning? Uh, road, yes, I thought you said, yeah. Uh, you rode. Road, yeah. And that was fun? Mm-hmm. You got like a row, my mom used to have a row machine, and like. Yeah, I went to the gym, and. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I'd like to get one in my house, but they're expensive, so. Yeah. We'll, we'll do something for you, I'm sure. <laughs> we could. Nice. We'll, uh, make, we'll make you one. Yeah. We'll outsource good working. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. Well, man, jumping into some, uh, questions from this past Sunday, um, Kind of right on in. We see baptism that's happening here. It's it's kind of different than what we do now. Um, do you have any additional thoughts on that? Kind of going deeper than you did Sunday. Yes, I think the and I, I told you earlier when I was looking at the passage originally, I, I thought the whole subject was going to be kind of on baptism. Like originally, I had the title of the significance of baptism because baptism is very significant. But then when I started actually studying the text and realized like the Really, the, that whole section, what the point really wasn't baptism is really he was speaking to the Pharisees and, and judgment and repentance, and they weren't responding with the repentance. But I think this is something I had no until I studied it, I did not know that, that the act of baptism that we see John doing was really only reserved for the Gentiles. I didn't know that. And, um, and so we see that that's kind of their expression of converting from their pagan ways, Gentile uh, pagans, into... Uh, really denial of self, family, and saying, "Hey, we're going to come into a worship of Yahweh and align ourselves with, you know, the Israelites and that kind of thing." And so, I think there's a tendency for us when we look at John's John's baptism here of repentance, and then we think about our baptism of when we baptize in water, is that they're the exact same thing, and they're not the exact same thing. They're similar, and in, in what we pull and what we do is is similar because I think in a similar way, the act of baptism is publicly renouncing ourself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like publicly saying like I've died to self. But as he speaks of the of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the, what the Holy Spirit's work in our life to do that. And so now our baptism is a reflection of the greater baptism that we see that Jesus brings of the change of our life. And so um John's bat was kind of this pr- preparation of of preparing the way for Jesus as he came and what he would bring. And then so now when we do baptism is this kind of a reflection on what we say is the end, like, I think it's Titus, you know, it says that, you know, he saved us, uh, not by works done by us in righteousness, but by his own mercy. It says by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And so now when we do baptism, the going underwater and then coming out is this outward expression and of what t- has taken place on the inside of us, you know, so. Yeah. <clears throat> um, we were in Matthew 3 this week. Um, just to kind of read a few verses, uh, this would be seven to nine. It says, but, men, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. 
But do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. I don't, we don't talk like that now, but I know that that's harsh wording. What do you think John was trying to say to the Pharisees in, in that little part? I think, well, because we see the Pharisees are coming out. I think I said this Sunday, there's several translations of it could be that they're coming to observe baptism or they're coming to participate themselves in the, in the baptism. Again, we said since Jews don't participate in this type of baptism, this is for the Gentiles, to see Gentiles, that's probably why they all, a bunch of them came of like to figure out what's going on. Um, but really these harsh words that he has for the religious leaders is he's basically calling out their hypocrisy and basically saying like whether you're actually coming for this act or coming to observe, like you show zero fruit or zero desire to repent and to turn and to prepare your hearts for the coming of the king of Jesus as, as he in the next section we'll see that he comes from Jesus gets baptized and um, but and we'll deal with that when we get there but you know, I think really what he's saying is, as he says this, you know, who who told you to flee the wrath to come? Is he's almost, almost kind of calling them out of like, do you really think like just like that you're going to escape God's wrath just because if you participate in this religious act, or whether it's because of your heritage? Because that's what he says. Like he's like you presume, oh, because your father's Abraham that you you're good, you know. And he says, hey, look, God, if you think you're good, God can cause these stones right here. He can just make them children of Abraham, which is like. That's pretty bold to say, but, you know, and, and so I think he's co- basically calling them out and saying, revealing their hypocrisy. Of course, we'll see Jesus does this later in Matthew and the seven woe, you know, that he got, I mean, he says almost the same thing, like you are hip, like you have this appearance of, but you're not bearing with fruits of repentance or desire or love for God. And so uh, he's really calling them out and then really pronouncing, hey, look, if if you aren't like, because your heart, like understand, like, He's pretty much saying, like, you have the same doom as Satan. Like, you wrath, and that's as he gets all the different imagery that he and things that John says is pointing to, like, do you really think you're going to avoid the wrath to come, you know, because of your heritage or because of religious acts that you do? Man. Jumping down to verse 12, um, he says, His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Um, obviously, that's that's a foreshadowing to hell. Um, why do you think we shrink away so much from talking about hell? I think uh, it's not something we really reference much anymore. Uh, it's just one of those like, well, yeah, there's something. You, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say overstep and say that it's a generalized thing, but I think. For the most part, it's like, well, trust me, you just you just want to trust Jesus. You don't want the other. And we don't really talk about the other. Why do you think that is? Uh, one, it's uncomfortable. I mean, it says unquenchable fire. And so that, you know, those images and even we read in Revelation where he says that, you know, in the end that people will be judged and he'll throw those that aren't in the Lamb's Book of Life. Those have not uh, responded to Jesus with faith and repentance. Those will be tossed into the lake of fire for all eternity. And so I think there is a level of that's uncomfortable. I think for a lot of, of people is it's hard to reconcile how can God be a loving, gracious, good God and hell exist. And so I think for some people 
in their minds. Well, I think just in our culture, that just doesn't sound well. So, hey, you know, let's just not talk about it. Let's not talk about their consequences. But, I mean, all of us know in, in, in all of life that there are consequences to our actions. I mean, all of us. If you break the law, I mean, there are consequences yeah. to that, right? And so good or bad, you know, and so there's just – and but I think none of us want to own up to our consequences, our actions. None of us want to face consequences. We give ourselves way more grace than we deserve. Are, is there grace in Jesus? Absolutely do we in Jesus. We don't get what we deserve because Jesus received what we deserved on the cross. And so – but I, I think – for it's uncomfortable um it's it doesn't sound pleasant and i think even getting into application i think this is where some people feel that we kind of get the high ground or to make ourselves feel better and so we're like hey we're going to heaven you're going to hell and it almost makes us better because we're not going to this place called hell and i I don't know i i just even walking through it like i just i don't think we talk about God's wrath, God's judgment, you know. We think it's an Old Testament thing, but very clearly we're in the New Testament in Matthew. We're speaking of Jesus. Yeah. You know, so it's it, this is not some Old Testament thing, you know, where we see wrath, Old Testament, mercy, grace, New Testament. I mean, it's it's in both. Like I like I didn't say this Sunday, I wish I would have. But like, do you remember when we went through Genesis? And do you remember when we went through, I think it's Genesis 6, where we see just the wickedness that took place. And, yeah. and obviously God poured out his wrath on mankind, but he saved Noah. Well, obviously Noah was in, by grace, was provided this vessel, you know. And so because they were in this vessel, they escaped God's wrath, which I think is a perfect picture to those who are in Jesus. Escape the wrath to come, yeah. only those that are found in Christ. And so very similar to, to Noah and, and, and the ark and... um. I don't know. It's it's just something I think that's very uncomfortable for us. Yeah. Speaking of hell, and I, it's kind of scary, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. Um, Our points of application Sunday: uh, repent and turn to Christ. Obviously, for unbelievers, um, to turn to Christ, repent from your sin, turn to Christ. Also, for believers, uh, referencing last week. Um, but the second action was be urgent and compassionate. Um, uh, you showed the pen pen video from Penn and Teller, um, where he talks about the guy gives him a Bible. Penn is very much so a proud atheist. Um, but one of the questions he asked was if, if your message is true, if this is actually true, why would you withhold it? So that's my question this morning. Like if, if we really believe this is true, if we really believe that if we're in Christ, we have salvation from sin, that he has saved us, he has bought us, he has ransomed us. And if it's that important, if it's that much, why do we withhold that so much as believers? I think, one, we don't – I mean, that's a hard message to let people know. Like, hey, if you don't turn to Jesus, you're going to you're gonna go to hell, you know. And so that, that you know, that, and I think for all of us, we're like, yeah, it's probably not going to be received real well. And I think there's a way, you know – because even as we said, the title was Turn or Burn, you know, and that, that's yeah. just kind of for dramatic effect. But you know, that's probably not the best way to lead with people. You know, just hey, you better turn to Jesus or you're going to burn. And because sometimes that can be said real cold, yeah. you know. And so, but I think also just if we're honest, um, while we intellectually say we believe in hell, do we practically mm. believe this? Because if we did, 
Um, I think there would be, and even that's what I indicate in my own life, that I, I struggled with in preaching it was I intellectually know that this teaching of hell and what the Scripture is saying, but do I practically believe this is a reality that is going to actually happen to those who don't know yeah. Jesus? And so kind of praying of, like, help me to feel the weight of that, the weight of of eternity is is literally in the balance and understand that it's not it's not me like i can't con- convert anybody I, you know by any means and i think that takes pressure off us but i think there has to be a sense of urgency of not only in our community but in the world of if those people die without responding to jesus with faith and repentance um this is a reality for them yeah you know? and and to for that to kind of sit in our hearts and even I thought even after the sermon of like Lord I still need it to be more of a reality to me because sometimes I can just ignore it and just forget you know absolutely um, I played at a D now a few years ago uh, and I got to talk with a, an older man who's in his late seventies um, we started talking about reaching people around us um, for the gospel and uh, he said that whenever he was about my age I was about twenty four. He said that he started praying, you know, God, give me eyes to see eternity around me. Um, and he said it, it kind of like after about a week or two, it kind of was overbearing because he saw like just people for more than just people. He saw people with an eternity, he saw people with, you know, they're going to spend somewhere mm. for eternity. And um, man, I think sometimes this is just my opinion on this, too. Um, I think some of the times that we withhold it is we're not. It's not one of those, like, I'm actively seeking to do this, um, but we think, oh, I have lost friends, and as long as I can get them to church, our pastor will do this beautiful picture of the gospel, and then they'll hear him because I can't, you know? Um, or if, if if they can just hear James, because James just does it so much better than I can. Um, whenever, realistically, it's not just a call on James Doty's life. I mean, it is. It is a call, but it's not just a exclusive call for you. Like, this is something that we have to do as well. We have to be out. We have to be doing these things. And so I think it's that reminder, too, that that salvation of our friends isn't up to James Doty. Salvation of our friends and our family is up to us. Like, that's that's the call that we've been given. And so I just, for it, for me in my life, I've seen that played out a lot. Well, if I can just get them to church, I know that they can hear our pastor, and he can just do great. Heard it all my life. And so I think that sometimes we put an unnecessary weight on you that most of the time you probably don't even know is on you. When realistically, we're called to do the same things that you are. So, and I think in going out, and it was that second thing about being urgent, but also being compassionate. And I think this is something that has to happen as we go out in in sharing with others and living with. It. Because the reality is, um, I'm not any better than a lost person that's out there. And even as we indicated in Titus, like the only difference between me and the lost person is. I'm a recipient of God's grace. Yeah. Like grace is the only thing that's different, you know? And so to remember that I once was lost, I once was separated from God, and like I, I'm never to to give the message of the gospel and even the consequences of not responding to the gospel, like in in presenting that to people, talking that to people, sermon, personally, whatever, or reach one, is that I think it has to be done with a heart of compassion. Because Absolutely. even as we indicated, Jesus, you know, Second Peter says... <laughs> The Lord doesn't wish that anyone would perish, but that all would reach repentance, you know. And so um, even when we looked at the story in Luke, I think, 9, you know, when the disciples 
the Samaritan village rejects Jesus, and they're like, hey, should we go ahead and call fire down from heaven now? Just go ahead and just take everybody out, and he rebukes them for that. You yeah. know? And so, yes, this is a reality, but I think we have it has to be done with a heart of compassion. We can't do it cold. We can't, you know, and, and I think that's the, not the difference, and, and obviously the response isn't up to us. We I, I can't make anybody respond any certain way. All I'm responsible with is loving people, loving God. Yeah being compassionate toward people. And I think I think we'll have a lot more, des- a, a, a lot better desire to share with people when we have a compassion for people. You know, because that's what I was thinking of Jesus. Remember, and I think we'll see it in Matthew, I think it's 10. You know, so he looked on the crowd and he had compassion yeah. for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd because like he was moved by compassion for them. You know, and I think that's the same thing that has to happen for us in this whole di- idea of hell and judgment and, you know, consequences of not responding to Jesus of like we we have to be filled with compassion for for people and the compassion of Jesus to be in us as we look on a, a lost world whether it's our friends the world our community whatever and so I think that was one of the things that I was like this has to be said I think at the end of of this of like we have to be people of compassion yeah you know and not we get excited that people go to hell, we get excited that, or we can just become real cold to the fact of like, oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, if you reject Jesus, of course you deserve hell. You know, it's like, well, so did we, but God's grace was met us many times in our rebellion. Absolutely. Him, you know, so. Well, man, now to close this out, question has nothing to do with what we talked about this morning. Um, but also thank you for faithfully um, preaching and teaching from a, a difficult passage. Um, We've had a lot so far, Matthew. Yeah, man. I'm kind of looking forward to the next couple. They're <laughs> not they're easier by any means, um, but I'm, some well, of these have been kind of hard. I just want to say thank you for being faithful to teach difficult things and not shying away from things. Um, but man, uh, what's your like go to snack food? Uh, probably two things. So I love chips. Yeah, um, what, I don't need to eat chips a lot. What's like your favorite chip of all time? Uh, like a kettle chip, like a kettle oh, style chip. Okay, you know, so like a Zaps or like the Lay's kettle barbecue chips. Well, specific. Um, yeah. So any kind of kettle type chip. I, I mean, I like any kind of chip really. I yeah, mean, you'll you're, you're not picky. I'm not picky, but I, you like I, the baked chips yeah, from Lay's. Yeah, no doubt. So I love I love chips, but I, I don't. We try not to eat chips all the time or have chips, but I, yeah. I love chips and then. Uh, or like something sweet, so like uh, like a sn- like candy, trolley gummies, peanut butter M and M's, and again, especially New Year, we're trying not to have Probably those around don't. all the time. But <laughs> yeah, so that'd be like like I'd want something kind of salty and sweet. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes or, sense. Or cookies, I can do cookies. cookies for a snack, man. Or ice cream, <laughs> Eskimos, I can do really, those for a snack. Anything that's not healthy is what it sounds like. Is is the best snack? Yeah, I try not to. Uh, I try not to snack too much. Usually, if I snack, it's usually going to be at night. See, that's my problem. I snack at night. I don't snack during the day, really. I snack in boredom is really my problem. Yeah, I don't snack much. Like during the day, I don't. It doesn't bother me. Well, man, uh, I hope you can get that under control. No chips. Thank you. Twenty twenty. No chips. Mm. Well, man, uh, appreciate you sitting down and going through this difficult passage um, and being faithful to preach the text. So. Hope you have a good one, man. See you, man. Thanks for stopping by.